You're listening to Trent Talk, your Halo by Halo guide to America's greatest treasure, Trent Reznor. Today we will be discussing Halo 13, which is the day the world went away single, and it was released in 1999. If you're a Nine Inch Nails fanatic, aka Reznerd, then this podcast should be a fun repository of inside jokes and references. But if you're a Nine Inch newbie, then tune in as Shia and I listen to the music of Nine Inch Nails live and maybe learn a little something about ourselves along the way. This is a very special episode we've got today, which is the reason I'm playing uh, Nine Inch Nails' greatest hit right off the top. (laughs) Um, Today we have a very special guest joining us who may not have intimate knowledge of the band Nine Inch Nails, but maybe would be able to inform us on other topics relevant to this podcast. (laughs) Please welcome my mother, Sky Carey. Hi, Mom. Hi. <laughs> so you can tell a podcast is doing really well when the guest list they have includes relatives. <laughs> um, anyway, Claire and I will just do a little intro about uh, this whole al- album? Single? It's three songs, it's a, it's right? It's a single. Right. Or For the Fragile, which is next weekend. Right, so we're ramping up to an episode that's going to discuss a very major album that Claire and I both really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we're just talking about this single, which was like a teaser trailer for the album itself. Um, and it has two versions of the same song, which are very long and boring. And mm-hmm. then another mm-hmm. song, which you're going to not like, probably. <laughs> um, reg- regular listeners to this podcast will uh, will remember I discussed my mom being, I mean, not like a conservative person, but, you know, concerned about what media her children were taking in, as many mothers are. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> and uh, here, let me let me turn up the track a little bit. <laughs> this is not the. Okay, so I would start off with <laughs> if I were is... to be introducing a sweet mother to Nine Inch. <laughs> this is the Nine Inch Nails radio edit of their 1994 hit "Closer." Nine... Which... Yep. Which contains the hit, uh, the the lyric, I want to, you like an animal. Um, Anyway, Nine Inch Nails sort of formed that subculture, or I I don't know, it it shaped industrial goth music because of its really intense, in-your-face, raunchy lyrics, but then also like their use of complex synthesizer and blended with organic instruments. And it's all, a lot of his songs are very dancey, but then a lot of them also are just sort of like hard rock. Yeah. Um, so it's a blend of a lot of different styles. He also um, will yeah, one make thing I wanted to do is 15 minute long uh, freaking remixes of shit too. I want I wanted to hear Claire explain to my mom what Nine Inch Nails is. <laughs> so, so Claire, what's Nine Inch Nails? Nine Inch Nails is a man named Trent Reznor who wrote industrial music. So like computer sounds, but also he he so Trent Learn how to play the piano as a kid, and I think there's a lot of that element throughout all of his music. But yeah, um, it's kind of a anti-establishment, kind of fuck the man. Both literally and figuratively. Both literally and figuratively. Because <laughs> it's, it's anti-establishment politics, but then also Lots some raw S&M sexuality. Yeah, there's, like, the videos are often really uncomfortable and... <laughs> Graphic. For some. For some. For some. Um, yeah. I haven't heard much out of you, Mom. Um, <laughs> how are you doing over there? I'm thrilled. <laughs> and we're thrilled to have you. 
it's, it's a beautiful Sunday afternoon here in Long Beach. We're sitting around the card table, sipping some sangria. We just went to the aquarium! We did. Aquarium. So, if you subscribe to Claire's Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter feed, yeah. you already know that we've been to the aquarium. <laughs> Alright. So, I don't know, Mom, uh, maybe you could speak a little bit about when you became aware of, like, this type of music and how... Um, I was developing a, a taste in it. <laughs> I have not been introduced to this type really? of music. Wait, to, so this is... Nor a, am I interested in you having no way. No. developed such a uh, Mom. differing musical taste than I ascribe to. Well, okay, let's talk a little bit about what music you do like. Okay. Let, uh, let's hear it. I mean, I, for, for, for me, I, I, I remember... Listening to the Beatles growing up, a lot of the Beatles one album, which was like their all their number like chart topping hits, which they made like many many chart topping hits, mm-hmm. which I mean closer than Irish Snail's <laughs> song, I believe hit number one on the chart in nineteen ninety four. So I mean, are they really that different? <laughs> Amazingly, <laughs> yes. I mean, they're both love songs. I mean, let's talk about I want to hold your hand, right? <laughs> I want to you like an animal. <laughs> Tomato, tomato. But no, you you were aware that we liked this kind of stuff. You knew. Makes me just wonder about all the effort and time I put into you, and and the kind of taste in music you come out with. Don't know, honey. This is is one of my favorite bands, and for many reasons, not just not just for the, the. rebellious elements of it but just because i like the way it sounds you know but then also yeah the sort of like um oh clear that song is not the only way it sounds so. yes there are there are <laughs> slower tracks sure. there's more there's more layered artful tracks does make me wonder about his mother <laughs> and i would like to speak with her and know how she feels Ms. about Reznor? her son's music yes let's get Ms. mrs Reznor. Reznor on the horn give me a call <laughs> Wait, can we do that? All right. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Hello. <laughs> it's not that kind of podcast. <laughs> Although we did watch a fun improv show last night. Oh, oh, yeah. Wait, wait. Technically, it was sketch. It was sketch. Um, There was improv sketch. There was It was a sketch of an improv yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fun. Very fun. So, yeah, this has been a weekend of introducing my mom to a lot of different aspects. Yes, so of... that was good. Yeah. yeah. That was fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... So we, this is this is really making this difficult because I thought for sure you knew about like, okay, remember when we were listening to like System of a Down as children, as kids when we were in like middle high school that was like really hard what rock. What makes you think that I listened to that? Because you would come in the room saying, "How can you listen to this garbage and turn it off?" Okay, yeah, I maybe. thought maybe you, you. I dropped you off at one concert that was just oppressively awful. Loud. That was probably Ozfest, two thousand six. That could have been. Yeah. Um, I remember. I remember our older brother Alan. So I always say we when I talk about my childhood because Uh I'm a twin. Twin. Nobody knows that you're a twin. So I mean, so extra thanks for that, mom. You really put in the (laughs) you put in the the extra effort. Um, (laughs) So yeah, it was me, my twin, and our older brother Alan. And um, Alan was coming to see bands like Dragon Force. Tell me, stop me if you've heard of any of these, Mom. <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne was there. Black Sabbath. 
Yeah, okay. but even uh, I've heard of them, but I know enough to avoid. Uh, <laughs> man, it's like barking up the wrong. I love here. how frustrated you are because this is going one hundred percent how I anticipated <laughs> it would. That's the thing. It's like, <laughs> When I was contemplating this episode, it was like, okay, I know my mom listens to music, right? Mm-hmm. And now I don't know if you do. <laughs> so what do you, what do you listen to? You were listening to some Prince the other day. Mm-hmm. Only because it was on Facebook. Yeah, I mean, I didn't listen to him much either. No, mine's a bit older. I know I, you love the Beatles, the uh, the Monkees, other Thes, perhaps um, Doors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Crosby, Stills, Nash, the. Donovan. The Donovan? Nah, he didn't have a the. So wait, wait. Okay, Donovan, do you like Hurdy Gurdy Man? Yeah. That's, that's a been, pretty fun song. I don't right? even know what that we, is. We'll throw it up on the blog. Santana? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was about the... Okay, this is what I'm coming up with. This is the list that I made already, and... That's okay. That's okay. okay. Some, some that's pe- okay. Yeah, that's all right. Should we dive into the first song? And we so this we're also doing this. Uh, we did not listen to these songs ahead of time. There's only three. I know that I've definitely heard two of them a bunch. So, but, so yeah. right. This came out in '99. Mm-hmm. This was the lead into Fragile. Yep. And it contains. I guess it's, this is the single track. The day the world went away. Yep. So there's the day the world went away. Which is actually kind of like it's a brooding, kind of sadder, slow track. Yeah. Let's uh let's see how we feel about it. And away we go. <laughs> That's a little hurdy gurdy man. It sounds like a hur- it's like a hurdy gurdy he's playing right there. It's like an accordion in slow motion. <laughs> I wish you guys could see the look she's giving him. <laughs> That should be the, the entire podcast. Right. My mom's baleful glare. <laughs> Sky froze her brow. This <laughs> done in this boy's garage. Kind of nice, right? <laughs> First impressions, loud guitar, slower than what you would anticipate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Take it down another couple notches. I see okay. the green lighting yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we're gonna go back up in a sec. But it's got sort of a focus on like a slow building melody. He's all about melodies, even if it's like a simple little five-note phrase. Mm-hmm. He sort of likes repeating that and building on top of it. It's almost jazz. <laughs> to the trained almost. ear. Almost. <laughs> all right. So, I mean, it, what occurred to me just now is that this song has a little bit lyrically in common with The Man Who Sold the World. Yeah. Because it's yeah. like this dude who gave everything up. Yeah. You know, day the World Went Away. Yeah. The Man Who Sold the World. I mean, he just came out of touring and, like, chatting with Bowie, so it's not a huge... I don't know when that song came out. I mean, Nirvana covered it, so it had to have come out before 94. Right. <laughs> 
Bowie fans are going to be like, boo, that was the 80s, or whatever, I don't even know. I mean, normally this is, this is Claire's special ability. Like, My I, special ability, yeah, but no. I call her Rain Woman, because <laughs> she'll like, remember on the level of perhaps an autistic child, which date, no, which year, which year any, music, any musical out. release. Sometimes I can nail it to the month, yeah, but yeah. Bowie, I'm not so sharp, because I mean, he he's an so extremely, music. extremely prolific artist. Yeah. How did, um, you, how did you feel about Bowie, Mother? I mean, I, while, I had, while he was, was around? I had no big opinion about him. And now that he's not around. He was kind of cool. Yeah. But I didn't listen to his music. <laughs> he was, like, the definition of a rock star in, like, the late In 70s. a lot of ways, yeah. Oh, we're going to bring it up. Oh, here we go. More of this. And, um, as Shia pointed out recently, this might be the birth of the Na 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 trend. Oh, yes. This is a whole phase in Trent's musical works where he, uh... Starts using his voice as an instrument a lot more with na na nas <laughs> rather than actually saying words, which is not my favorite thing. Not my favorite. But that's definitely monkeys. That's straight up monkeys. Hey hey. They had words. <laughs> hey hey. But in addition to the na na nas, we also get a lot of ooh. <laughs> I will say that I also love the monkeys. I saw them live once in Wisconsin Dells in 1998, maybe? Early 1998? My mom must be like your kryptonite. Like, you, you can't remember a single date now. Well, <laughs> 98 is foggy because it's when my mom passed away, so I, oh. I have blocked a lot up. But I believe it was early 98. Oh yeah. Oh, can can we make a quick aside here? Mm-hmm. Claire's mom has some had some uh, eerie similarities in uh, in child raising. Yeah. To my mother. Yeah, um, we discussed. I thought that. my mom was the only mom in the universe that would, if if an action figure like a GI Joe or like a even a Star we Wars guy a with a Joe. blaster. Yeah, she wouldn't even allow a GI yeah. Joe. Yeah. <laughs> but if a Star Wars guy snuck in there with like a blaster. She would take a pair of scissors and mm-hmm. chop it right off there. Mm-hmm. So then he's just kind of awkwardly pointing with half of a wrist at a whatever. Yeah. yeah whatever you. My mom was definitely anti-weapon. I mean, um, if you're gonna censor something. But that's a good thing to censor. She and my mom loved monkeys, beetles, all that stuff, but also Nine Inch Nails. Mm-hmm. Which is <laughs> that would separate the two of us. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, you guys have a lot. Of I mean, coffee. you guys love peace and animals and community and and she loved hard, hard industrial rock, blanking like an animal. Apparently, how do, you, how do you even know what he was saying? He could oh, be doing you know. anything. I want to you like an pet, animal. Pet. I want to pet you. I want to snug you like an animal. Ah, oh, we should cover that song and change the word to snug. Well, we should do a kids' bop version. Yeah, no doubt about I it. I wanna snug you like an animal. Right, I mean we're already working on it. We're working I on wanna it. shake and bake you. <laughs> I like ice cream and cake too. I forgot about that. Yeah. So um. Yeah. Um. We made it through the first track. The thing about so, this song too is it's it is also in the rhymey Trent. He's just rhyming ah, shit. Yes. Very nursery um, rhyming. But not rhyming, rhyming. Like every the end right. of every statement rhymes. Well, now we're gonna go even to further na na na's. So this with is a remix. The quiet version. He remixes everything. So here's a remix. Na 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 na
It's almost like na 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 boo boo. It does seem teasing. Yeah. Some writers go through times when they're kind of blocked. I feel like we've hit. But he still makes music anyway. We've hit common ground here. Yeah. None of us like this song. No. Um. The thing about these songs. Um, so these songs came out on the Fragile, which he wrote right after his grandma passed away, uh-huh. and his grandma was like his parent right. parental figure for much of his life. So it's a two disc extravaganza. And there are some really deep, really insightful, really beautiful songs. But then some songs, it just kind of feels like he just needed to write further. Mm. And they're not all great. Mm. And that's how I feel. I mean, it's a lot of raw emotion, and it's hard to sort of come back and rework your image. Like, have you ever written, say, a poem? God, I've written so many poems. And then you read Uh, it a month later, and you're like, uh, Jesus. I have two... (laughs) I have two locked down live journals. <laughs> One. Wait, locked down? Like, you can't see it anymore? I can see it. You can see Nobody it. else can see it. It's okay. friends only, but I've deleted all my friends. There you go. <laughs> Sounds like you. One is... One is from, like, end of middle into high school, and one is out of high school into college. There's a lot of poetry, and it's real bad. Mm. <laughs> it's real bad. And I look back, and I thought it was brilliant. And I had, like, creative writing instructors telling me I was brilliant. I read back, and I'm just like... Well, I mean, doing it for school is one thing. Yeah. But I did a lot of it for myself. And a lot of it's bad. So, So, it's um, on piano. Oh, yeah, let me bring it. Just for a sec. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a composer as well as a musician, so. Yeah. So, also, the thing about Nine Inch Nails, all of the. Get, <laughs> get it up, you're, you're, you're all right. You can cough on the pod. <laughs> We, uh, the thing about Nine Inch Nails is that he, so all of the studio stuff, he writes and records and plays entirely by himself. Mm. So every Except drums. He, he always says he doesn't do the drums himself. Oh, really? I guess he has some phobia of drumsticks. <laughs> have I we didn't not, know Have that. we not talked about this? Uh-uh. In, in any, like, in any, line in, any, in any bio of Trent Reznor, it says he does not do the drums. Weird. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of drum machining happening, too. Yes. Especially... In the way earlier, and then like more recent work, but um, with the exception of drums, I guess everything is him. So he like layers it all out and does it all. But then when he plays live, he has a band. So it's kind of like even in the duds, you can still like find things to appreciate. I think because mm-hmm. you're like, well, this man wrote and composed an entire body of work by himself. I think it's about to hit. Or, no. Oh, wait, it's got this little... Man, this is quiet. What? I kind of like it. It's okay. After the teasy Nas, it's alright. 
So I want to really make sure we're getting as much mileage as we can out of yeah, our, yeah, out of our yeah, wonderful yeah, yeah, yeah. guests today. Um, so I don't know, Ma, you remember in middle school, okay, what, what did I, <coughs> whenever you're ready. Um, um, yeah. In grade school, I always wore the same thing, right? Can you tell us, the audience what that was? What my typical uniform was going to school? Tie-dye t-shirt and black or dark blue sweatpants. <laughs> That's right. I basically... Sweatpants. Okay, and what, what was my hair like? <laughs> I don't know at what age you cut it, but uh, I liked it. What was like and the original so formula? Was it, it shaggy was just, bowl cut? It was like no cut. Yeah. It just grew. Uh-huh. And, um, so I went to remember school... Remember you had to tell them construction people one time that... that we not girls, we boys. <laughs> Wait, construction people? Yeah, over at Grandma Grandpa's house, they, uh, the guy was talking to you. He was repairing something and, and chatting with you, and it took him quite a while until you dawned on you that he thought you were a couple of girls. I've had to defend had my gender cute. from a very early age. Very cute. Gender hair. defender. Gender defender. Mm-hmm. Um, I also remember when I got, would get teased at school when people would say, you're a girl, you're a girl, because my name is Cheyenne and I have long hair. <laughs> Um, you had a piece of advice for me, how I could, how I could, what, what the perfect comeback would be. I do not recall. Do you? Mom. <laughs> yeah, you said, like, if they ever tease you for being a girl, you can just whip your pants down and show them. Oh, well. Yeah, okay, I probably said that. Which, by the way, never did that. <laughs> I don't advise it. Yeah. Although, I don't know, maybe, No. No. <laughs> no, that wouldn't have worked. Or you could just take it as a compliment. I think they would have put me in the special classes at that point. Yeah. It's like if you're willing to take it to the edge when you're like five years old. Like, mm. <laughs> when I was in seventh... Kate has promised. No, sixth grade. When I was in sixth grade, I moved from Madison to a small town called Columbus, Wisconsin. Mm. And... Um, Not Ohio. No. Uh, the other Columbus. The other Columbus. And I was 12, but I had a big, voluptuous chest, and I used to get made fun of for stuffing my bra. And my aunt would be like, well, then just point your shirt off. I'm like, yeah, that's not a terrible idea. <laughs> totally. Flash. But then we went to this water park called Family Land, and we were in the Lazy River, Eesh. and I went under and came back up, and my swimsuit went whoop, and luckily some of the guys who teased me all the time happened to be right there, and they were just like... Oh shit! <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah." Didn't have to prove it anymore, huh? <laughs> there was just a slow clap that yeah. that built through the whole water park. Old twelve-year-old boobies. But <laughs> me bringing up my uh, my original grade school uniform. Did you remember when I went to middle, maybe high school? Well, middle school was basically the bottom, the my rock bottom in terms of like just not fitting in anywhere, zero friends, constant teasing and abuse. Um, which, I mean, for everybody, middle school is pretty much that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what I realized is they don't even try to teach you anything in middle school, right? Like, they, they, they get I mean, you up... they try, but there's no use. They get you up through fifth grade, and it's like... They multipl- heard you. It's like multiplication, yeah. division, you know, basic U.S. history, like, basic science... And then once you hit fifth grade, it's like, all right, you're going to take three years off, not learn anything new. We're just going <laughs> to... They repeat all the yeah, same stuff. We're going to do all the same shit again. Yeah, I Because had... your hormonal brain cannot take in new information at this time. 
I had a eighth grade teacher, English teacher, who was so into her job. She loved it so much. And she made us read Beowulf, and she was so disappointed that we didn't want to read it. And it's just like, you <laughs> can't make eighth graders read Beowulf. Get us at, like, sophomore year of high school, and then I'll read that shit. You know what I would like to see? I don't even remember Beowulf. I remember her boobs. That's it. Wow. The whatever. It was the, a very booby time for you. What is, I know, right? What is the, the big old woman in Beowulf? Grendel? Grendel, Grendel's yeah. mother. Yeah. Portrayed by Angelina Jolie in the 3D film. I don't know anything about that. Anyway, doesn't matter. Continue your story. I keep cutting uh, you off. Wait, no, I could. Uh, oh, the I just want. I wanted to make. I wanted to make one quick note about English teachers. Is I wish they would be a little bit less like puritanical and like dogmatic about like this is the literary canon and this is what we must teach. Yeah. Espe- especially like at the middle school level, because like, you know, Harry Potter, it's not. It's not really, like, a a classic of literature, but if you examine it with a critical lens, there's a lot to to, to look at. You know, you see, like, the plot structure of, like, you know, Snape and Harry sort of have, like, opposite character arcs, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, Harry is, like, on the way up, Snape's, like, on the way down, and sort of, like, there's this point where they transfer, and... Anyway, Mm -hmm, there's, mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. the hero's journey, there's a lot going on there, and then there's symbolic representations of different characters, archetypes. Like, there's a lot you could teach just from, like, trashy children's literature. It's not trashy. <clears throat> um, there is a theme park based off of it. Yeah. Do you... Is there a fucking Universal Twilight no? adventure? No. No. Don't even get me started on That's Twilight. That's trashy. That's yeah? trashy. Mom, you hate Twilight? Uh, don't know it much, but yeah, enough to stay away from it. Yeah. Were you aware that it was written by a woman who is basically writing it as like uh, propaganda for abstinence-only sex education? I was not aware. Of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like all Did the you just make it up. No, all the no, pro- all true. the Stephanie Meyer, all the proceeds she made from the book. Well, some of the proceeds she made from the book um, go to like anti-Planned Parenthood rallies and stuff like that because she's a horrible person and thought that creating this metaphor of vampires. And if anyone actually gets laid in the Twilight series, something horrible happens to them. It's it's a basic morality tale. Yeah, I mean, like, Bella probably would have died a horrible death if it weren't for, like, all the 14-year-old fans that would have lost their shit. Didn't she die? Well, like in childbirth? She died a horrible death, and then she was brought back as a vampire. But I feel like if it weren't... (laughs) Spoiler alert! If it weren't for the fans, I'm sure Stephanie would have been like, and see what happens if you get pregnant... Your baby is going to be a vampire, and it's going to grow too fast, and it's going to suck up all your nutrients, and then you're going to be a skeleton, and then one day you're going to drop something, and then your back is going to break, and then you're going to die. Is that what happens? That's what happens. That is the weirdest... Oh, and the scene in the movie is terrifying. I only watched the last two movies because the How Did This Get Made episode about it was so good, and the the last movie is actually really good. Like, it ends so well. Anyway. <laughs> um, so I think we finished our first cup of sangria, which, which means it's time to take a quick commercial break. So uh, ah. so stay tuned, guys, for more discussion of my early years with, with my mom and um, perhaps listening to a final Nine Inch Nails song mm-hmm. um, to see if we can, lo- we can rally a really good, uh, a good response. No. From, uh, I, think, I think Star Incorporated. Blankers. Might be the breakthrough moment where mom is like, you know what? You know what? Don't bet all your money on it. <laughs> anyway, so uh, stay tuned. 
Here's a quick ad for another podcast on the Benview Network. Woo! Hey, Resnerds. Want to listen to something a little less angsty? Check out this podcast from the Benview Network. Feeling peckish this midnight? Set your appetite for terror and reserve your ears for a feast of the sound. The Midnight Marinara podcast is here for you, intrepid listeners. We sample only the finest and sinister stories and, coating them with our own unique spooky sauce, present them to you as eerie audio dramas. Tune in twice monthly as Midnight Marinara sends shivers of fear and spasms of laughter through you. Bon appetit! <laughs> Special guest, my dad. <laughs> so, can we just get you to describe Trent Reznor once more the way you just did, for the record? A strange man who writes really bad music. <laughs> there we go. Although my dad is actually aware of Nine Inch Nails, so this may be the beginning of a series where I interrogate every member of my family to see if I can convince them to enjoy Nine Inch Nails. Okay. Not as much as I do, necessarily. Yeah. But at all would be nice. <laughs> Welcome back to Trent Talk. You're Halo by Halo guy to whatever, whatever. Uh, blah, 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 a, blah, blah, a strange blah, blah. man who makes terrible music. <laughs> um, so, I'm Shia Carey. With me is Claire Diggerson. Also with me is Sky Carey, my wonderful mom. And uh, we're most of the way through listening to... The Day the World Went Away. I always mix that up. I always think it's the day the whole, whole world went And you know, me too, because that's what he says. Yeah, in the song, that yeah. is the word yeah, but, that but. is spoken. Anyways. Maybe it's just too many W's. Probably is. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, we were, we were reminiscing about my, my early years when I would go to school wearing tie-dye shirts and sweatpants with my mop-top hair. Um, and things didn't go so great socially for me. No big deal. Uh, but do you remember, like, maybe freshman year of high school, I decided to change everything? Like, I cut my hair. I started wearing black t-shirts and jeans. You started jeans a, a lot younger than okay. that. I, I okay. didn't let you go to middle school wearing sweatpants. Okay, good. That would have been... <laughs> but, I mean, what, tell me your philosophy about why sweatpants were a great idea. They were easy. Mm -hmm. They were easy to purchase, mm -hmm. easy to fit. Easy mm -hmm. to launder. They were comfortable and soft. They were affordable. There's just like nothing wrong with sweatpants. <laughs> you heard it here first. They were not. There's nothing wrong cool. <laughs> with sweatpants. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I started wearing. Uh, I don't. I went kind of like goth light. Not really. I mean, I had a, <laughs> I had black shirts. Um, like little jewelry, a wallet chain. You still had to watch the ads in between every game. What? Goth light. Never mind. It's, wait, is, a, it's wait, an app. It, it's is that an a app. gamer thing? <laughs> it's an app. Check. All right. Because when you have like an app and then you have app light, like usually have to pay like two to eight dollars for the anyway. For the ads to stop happening. Okay. I'm no, sorry. No, I get it. I'm sorry. I get Go it. on. I thought I was goth for a while because I had like bracelet. <laughs> I had like leather bracelets and like a necklace and mm -hmm. like. But it wasn't really. No. All that. Mom was not impressed. Nah. Um, Moms are not impressed with that. And I bet Trent's mother is not impressed with his music. <laughs> oh, do you remember? I remember you came in when we were listening to System of a Down and said, What is this garbage? 
Um, you also, I think, busted us up listening to Rammstein. No, I think Rammstein you couldn't understand uh, <laughs> because it's mostly in German. Um, but yeah, that was the kind of stuff that I, I guess I started listening to because my my foundation for musical taste was pretty fundamental. You know, Beatles, a little bit of Led Zeppelin here and there, a lot of Bob Dylan from Dad. Um, and it was like, eh, yeah, none of it really spoke to me as like a person coming of age, like, 20 to 30 years after they stop being relevant, you know. Are those, are those they some, are not relevant? Are those some fighting words? Oh, exactly. <laughs> are they not relevant? We'll okay, were, were they bigger than Jesus? Well, John thought so for a minute. But he got kind of caught some shit about that one. <laughs> but, I mean, I think they weren't wrong. Like, in a typical English lad's upbringing in the 60s and 70s, you would hear a lot more Beatles than you would uh, church music, you know? Probably so. But uh, in my experience, I would hear a lot more Nine Inch Nails, Rammstein, and System of a Down than I would Beatles music, you know? That's just what was out there. Although, I will uh, uh, free throw a confession right here. The first three albums of music I bought are probably the trifecta of shittiest albums of the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, Linkin Park Hybrid Theory. That was good at its it time. Was it was good and bad. good in the time that it was a thing. Terrible band, but okay music, I guess. The first album was so good, but then after that, they just tried so hard. Just too um, hard. Go on. Nickelback, Silverside. <sighs> See? All right. I knew I'd get you with one. And then the third... Oh, Stained. Oh. Yep. Uh, I don't even remember the name of the album. It's been a while. It's been a while. Oh. Um, so that was the garbage I was listening to. Um... Which truly really was. with your bedroom door closed. <laughs> well, no, what I had was like a crappy little CD player with oh. headphones. Yeah. And you would even police that because you would say, make sure you don't turn the volume above seven. Because why, why do you need eight, nine, or ten when you got seven? <laughs> don't want to hurt your delicate little ears. What year was this? Don't want to be paying for hearing aids. I mean, this was probably eighth grade freshman year. So, we're not the same age. We're not the same age. <laughs> so, um, what year was this? Um, 2004, 2005. Okay. Something like that. <laughs> I think around... Maybe 2003. No, for my 14th birthday, we went to see the the Project Revolution tour, <laughs> which was like my first big concert. I was turning 14 and we saw Linkin Park and Snoop Dogg, oh. because that's totally a relevant combination. Oh, I've never seen Snoop Dogg. And I got my first contact high. Because Snoop Dogg actually has a song that's like, get drunk, smoke weed, den fuck. Um, and everyone at the concert knows what that song means. Everyone smoke your blunts right now. Uh, so 14-year-old me, who was just trying to like tough out, you know, try, I, just gotta, I just gotta get through Snoop Dogg. And then Linkin Park will come and sing the songs of my people. Um, but yeah, I think I got my first contact high because I came home and I was just so fucking hungry. And then... <laughs> And we also, we'd also just gotten Pikmin, which is a GameCube game. I don't know that. Okay. And it's like you're a little space captain and you have little little gremlins that help you move things around. Okay. Um, anyway, and that game was the trippiest shit ever that night. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so yeah, my musical taste started out very mainstream. I mean, very mainstream. Bad. Because like Nickelback, Linkin Park, Stained... Those yeah. are like pretty popular bands yeah. in certain demographics, like, even, like, like, edgy sad, like people. sad adult men. Even edgy like people bands. like hybrid theory. Yeah. yeah, 
think it had some street cred. Yeah. When I was that age, I was going... Well, when I was the age that I was during the time that you were 14 and listening to that music, I think I saw Stained Live because the, the, the local radio station, like, 94.1 JJO, had this, like... It was called Bandcamp, and around the Coliseum area, they would set up, like, three stages, and it would just be bands all weekend long, one after another, and it was just, like, Nonpoint, Seven Dust, Flyleaf, all that stuff. Oh, you played some Flyleaf for me. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I loved Flyleaf. <laughs> loved them. Lacey, the front lady of Flyleaf, even commented on... My first tattoo when I went back to that stupid event when I was 18. Aww. <laughs> yeah. That was the stars, yes. Yeah, the stars. She was like, oh my god, your stars are so good. And I was like, oh my god, thank you. But anyway. Mom, feelings? So I guess we were all Fe- listening to that mainstream garbage. Feelings on tattoos? No. <laughs> think that covers it. Yep. And yet... Just because you can't change your mind. Two out of your four children tattooed. Yeah, I don't think Alan's probably going to get a whole lot. He Um, did at one point wear dog tags, which are like the tattoo on your soul when you join the army. Well, yeah. If you join the army, though, that's Uh, He wasn't in the army, though. He was in the navy. I don't think he did dog tags. He was in the armed forces. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think he did dog tags. He he has dog tags. It says Alan Ty Colors, and then underneath that, atheist. So if if they find your dead body, they know what to do with it, which which is nothing, Nothing. (laughs) really. (laughs) Just toss it. Um, turn it into Soylent Green. Um, so it's been really great having you here, Mom. I, I, I wish we got to learn more about you. Um, but, you know, it's I got... okay. This I, is about a boy with his bad music. So. We haven't even gotten to the worst song. Well, this. yeah, that's, oh. uh, we're, I'm working up the spirit to put this on for you. Uh, yeah. So this is... I don't um, even love this song. Yeah, we don't love it. It's, I, yeah, I like the sentiment, sort of. Yeah. But the execution, not great. Not great. Not great. Um, so Sounds here we like go. Sounds Manson song. Star Fuckers <laughs> Incorporated. Great already. <laughs> really, really crappy 499 radio. <laughs> <laughs> that could be what it was. He's a real innovator in the studio. This is almost like a diss track, in a way, because so Trent was, um, he sort of became um, sort of a tentpole musician, like there were a lot of other acts that sort of like glommed on to Nine Inch Nails, or like came off of Nine Inch Nails, like Filter, or um, Marilyn Manson. Are you aware of Marilyn Manson? Happily not much. He's got white face paint, and Antichrist superstar, anyways, so... He and Trent had sort of a tumultuous history, 
And this sort of was the apex of that, where like Trump was like, "Dude, fuck you." But you're, he's you're... in this video. Marilyn Manson's, Manson's in this video. Really? Yeah, he's in the limousine. Huh. But I, th I thought this whole song was directed at Marilyn Manson, saying, "You're only famous because of me," and now you're mainstream and sold out. No. Help I me don't out. know. We didn't do our homework Surely on this episode. There is another very proud mother too. <laughs> well, I mean, you were saying, you were asking rather, if Trent Reznor made a living doing this, and uh, you may be surprised to learn that he won a Grammy and an Oscar, which means that like he's got the go of he won the egot. Two Grammys. Two Grammys. He won two Grammys in Broken Alone. Oh wow! So yeah, he's he's almost got egot, you know, and that's. That's pretty significant, you know, as an artist, to achieve EGOT. What's that? Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. If you can do all four. I think some of the only people that have done that are like uh, Mel Brooks, um, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, I think, actually managed to do it for South Park, South Park, South Park, and then Book of Mormon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, they managed to do it all. No, no, they didn't get an Oscar. No. They only got a nom. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, Oscar nom is still big. So yeah, Trent, like, you may have heard his work pop up in a lot of different places. Like, he soundtracks a ton of movies now. That's kind of more his thing rather than doing this. Maybe not the movies I go to. I mean, you express some interest in the social network. You're like, oh yeah, the Facebook guy. Because yeah, that guy had a weird life, especially when he was, you know, coming up with sort of oh, uh, splitting the atom in terms of... Social networking. Oh, here we Here's go. It's a weird part. Yeah, he does ABBA. That's not ABBA. Don't you, don't you, don't. So, he does a You're So Vain, which is not ABBA. It's not ABBA? What? You're So Carly Vain. Simon. I bet eh? you think Carly this song. Carly Simon, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is an episode of Piggyback Playlist. <laughs> Alright. Oh, Shia. Um... Starfuckers Incorporated. There you have it. I just I just felt like this song was about fame in general. Yeah. And kind of his angsty response to being the level of fame that he despises. Right. I mean, it could be like, a lot of stuff he was doing before was criticizing the music industry and how it sort of sucks the, the creative freedom out of any artistic endeavor. Because, mm -hmm. um, yeah, he had his early struggles with TV tunes and Steve Gottlieb. Uh -huh. And then he eventually won his independence, but still was sort of under the gun at some points by Interscope. Um, so yeah, I, he uh, he could just be expressing some vague, some v overall criticism of fame mm -hmm. and the industry of celebrity. Yeah, that's how I read this. But also, like he does a lot of different stylistic stuff that seems almost like a direct mimicry of Marilyn Manson. Where he does like the bow, 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 I mean, maybe he's talking shit about Marilyn Manson, and Marilyn Manson thinks it's so funny that he wanted to be in the video. Like, I don't know. Could be. 99? Like, what was Marilyn Manson doing in 99? He was pretty famous at that point. I think that was kind of the peak for him. Oh, yeah. What is this? I think that only appeared on the single. Yeah, I had to. Just gave you a little little taste of crowds going absolutely nuts for Let's Trevor's. look up Starfuckers really quick and see what the internet says about it. Okay. We didn't do our homework this episode. Why would we have? 
Well, let me just point out a couple of cool facts to my mom. Uh, Trent, after he released his first album, toured on Lollapalooza. Um, then he also toured at the Woodstock Renewal, which was in 2004. I know Woodstock. Were you at Woodstock? Can we please talk about this? No, I was not. I was only about 14, 15. I mean, there were probably some 14-year-olds. And I lived in California. Ah, so it was an East Coast thing. Uh, Yeah, New York. Well, he did Woodstock 94. Right. Okay, Starfuckers Incorporated, also known as Starsuckers Incorporated. Okay, well, now we know that. It's edited form, yeah, because you can't say fuck. But suck is okay? Um, is a song by Nine Inch Nails. The song is released as the fourth single from the double album, The Fragile. Okay, what do you need? What do you need? Just what what it's about. You're so vain. Carly Simon's ode to a self-absorbed lover. Uh, Uh, Other than Marilyn Manson, the lyrics are often speculated to be directed towards Courtney Love. Oh. The video version of Starfuckers. I'm reading it, and you scrolled down. You're in charge. You're in charge. I didn't know where you were. Right here. Okay. Uh, blah, 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 blah. This is all done. Never mind. We can edit this out. It's okay. Uh, also rumored to be about love by Tori Amos, to whom Reznor was close prior to what he refers to as some malicious meddling on the part of Courtney Love. Hmm. I mean, Courtney Love was a huge... Fucking pill in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As one is when they have a heroin addiction and the love of their life shoots his brain out. Yeah, I mean... And she was a horrible mess. Like, I hated her for so long, and then finally I was just like, well, it's probably really difficult going through all she went through, so I don't hate her anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think she partied as hard as uh, as Kurt did. Yeah. And then had a baby. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I she know. definitely partied as hard as you got. You gotta respect that a little. Not a lot. Mm, I mean, I don't respect <laughs> the fact that she had a baby and continued to be a fucking mess. Uh, didn't that clean her up a little bit? No. no. I mean, like, even in the MTV Music Video Awards 97 era, she was a fucking disaster. Ooh, wait, hang on. Here's a good quote from Spin in 1997. Unlike many musicians, Reznor is savagely aware of his place in the current strata of pop stars. He constantly compares himself to other musicians, saying that he can't write a thousand songs like Billy Corgan, he's not as careerist as Marilyn Manson, and... So, um, yeah, I don't know. So Trent Reznor is always kind of like poking fun at his own sort of inflated rock ego, because like, he was such a normal guy behind the scenes. Like we, there's this whole video of him during his tour, where he's like an absolute madman on stage and then he's just back in his hotel room like chilling with his dog you know like planning in the set list with his band just sort of like taking care of business you know? yeah like he wasn't the rock star's rock star you know mm-hmm. i think that was kind of bowie like in that he he handled his career very professionally and yet also was able to just stick it to the man so this has been a fun excursion into uh <laughs> The intimate history of Shia's early childhood and musical development. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'd like to thank my mom for joining us today. Uh, it's a shame we uh, couldn't get you to like Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, yeah. Some things just not, are not going to happen. I'm not giving up. When we come across a track that we think you'll enjoy, check your email inbox. Right. Okay. So find us on Twitter at Trend Talk Pod. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Trend Talk Pod. 
You can listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and whatever apps your I, your podcasts go to. And uh, <laughs> Find said, my mom on Facebook. I almost said whatever apps your iPods go to. Don't find my mom and, on Facebook. Um, no, don't find her. Um, and then... Oh, and our website, BenviewNetwork.com slash TrentTalkPod. Yep. And if you rate and review us on iTunes, we will write and sing you a fucking song in the tune of a Nine Inch Nails song. So just goddamn do it. You can it even, helps other people find us. You can even suggest lyrics for us to interpret. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. Like, if, rate and review us and then email us to say, yo, this is my review. I would prefer if you used this song. We will do it, dude. God, Just do money it. will do anything for reviews. See? Oh, See, we're so good at this already. <laughs> so help us uh, help you. Help us help you help us. And if you have any moms you want us to interview. Yeah. You want us to talk to your moms? Cle- Freaking get clearly, us in touch with your moms. Clearly we've, we've got our chops. Obviously this is an <laughs> This went very well. <laughs> I love you, Mom. I love you, sweetie. It was fun. All right. Just got your music taste. Well, ready? Nine Inch Nailed It. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.